This episode of the Red and White Podcast is brought to you by Nick Overcash at Prime Lending. If you're in the market for a new home, building a home in a construction loan, or just refinancing, do yourself a favor and reach out to Nick. If you're just now starting to think about your options, talk to Nick. He's got the experience to get you the best solution for your situation. Everybody's situation is unique and you need that experience. He's a PAC fan and we have to support our own. And speaking of, if you mention this podcast, he'll support you by offering you $500 off your closing costs. That's a win for you. That's a win for Nick. That's a win for the podcast. So check out nickovercash.com or call him at 919-854-4457. You can ask him financial questions or just talk to him about Wolfpack football. Either way, he'll be just as happy to talk to you. Hello, friends. We're back with another edition of the Red and White Podcast. I am your host, Evan, here, as always, with my co-host, back from Rocky Top Land, Dustin. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm great. Can't be better. <laughs> well, we have a lot to talk about to get into that one this week. Uh, but let's first start off with BC. And I got to say, that was one of the shittiest games we've played in a long time. And somehow we won. I really don't know what to to think of it. You know, I think a lot of people are saying, kind of as we did before the pit game, that that was one of those games that you go up there and you play bad, look unfocused, and, and you lose. And BC has a way with us of doing that. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I thought I, I, I just, I, I'm still not sure what to think about that game. We won, which is which is great, and you won after playing really bad. But after all the times that I've stood up for drink, I thought he called one of the worst games that he's ever called after calling one of the best games that he's ever called. Like I thought he called the Clemson game perfectly. I thought the play calling in this BC game was awful. We're, we're a better team. We have more talent than them. And to continually to try to run trick plays and – just get cute with it and play finesse football is is. I thought you liked. I th- thought you liked the trick plays. I I, I do, but yeah. in certain, <laughs> certain situations. Yeah, like you don't call them in BC, and you don't call. I uh, you just don't need them against BC, and you, you saw the what won us that game. Is they went back to what we're good at, and is getting the ball to Hines, getting the ball to Samuels. Right, two big plays. Hines uh, Samuels rips off a twenty-some yarder, and then Hines just does what Hines does and he breaks one down the sideline you know 50 yard touchdown run basically sealed the game and I think that getting away from that was just poor form I don't know why our wide receivers couldn't catch the ball and they couldn't get separation from the BC defensive backs it was just a bad combination you know I think they should have recognized that early and adjusted and and, and he didn't and continued to be frustrating. And that was really frustrating, man. People were rightly upset on Twitter about it. I know you didn't get to watch it and you were listening to it. What's your feeling on it? I mean, you know my – I'm pretty sure everyone in this area code <laughs> knows my feelings on trick plays. I don't think yeah. – um, I, I get one every once in a while, but I think that it needs to be – against teams where you need them and in situations where you need them. And I don't know. I keep, I keep thinking, you know, you know, we should model our program after Clemson because what they've done, 
works. How often do they have to bust out trick plays to win games? Yeah. You know, it's not necessary. It, it's risky, as it was obvious this week. Um, the payoff, you know, if you if you score on them, cool, that's fine. You should be able to score on regular plays, too. Plays that right. aren't high risk, plays that will keep your team in a rhythm, you know, um, like what, what good does a, how do you, how does your team stay in rhythm? Say, say your quarterback's taking you down the field and it's like, Oh, we're going to run wildcat now. That disrupts the yeah. flow of the game. I don't like it. I never have. Um, you know, like you said, Clemson was a good, good called game, but I also think that we have a formula for playing Clemson. Right. That's, starting to be proven you know it hasn't won yet but we play them competitively and it's the same formula every year that we have to run so that game worked out well the game before that trash this game trash i'm not i don't know i I haven't been sold on him and i was starting to come around but it's i don't know it's going back to if if there's more than one trick playing a game i'm pissed off and that's that's i mean i don't know what else to say about it but this is a game that we should win, and if if they didn't have their if they had their starting quarterback the whole game, I don't know that we win that game. So yeah, you're right, and I think we're what ten games into the season, and trick plays have maybe worked once. Yeah, and that was because Parr made a ridiculously great catch. I mean, other than that, they just haven't worked. So you just gotta recognize that and adjust, and just keep them in your pocket until you can refine them. You know, I just uh, you're right. I don't I don't think we win that game if BC doesn't lose if they lose their if they keep their starting quarterback. I mean, that guy was not a huge threat, but he's a threat to run. And I, I think our defense, you know, I think our defense has been overall disappointing, which is hard to say. If you look at the numbers, you're like, wow, their defense is you know top ten or top twenty, whatever it is right now. But really, I mean. That's another week in a row, another week, and this is, what, four in a row that we've let a running back, and this time a freshman running back, pile up 100-plus yards and break a big run. You know, we couldn't stop that guy. I'm not super upset about that. Um, Like, he's the all-time leading freshman rusher in BC history. Which is crazy, considering they had Andre Williams. Yeah, so I – here you go, fun facts from me having to listen to the BC radio call. Like, he's – they're convinced he's going to be the best running back to ever come out of that school. And he's had the best year a freshman has ever had there. So I'm not too upset about that. Um, I'm not, I'm not pissed off at the defense too much. Uh, BC has been scoring 40 points a game recently. Right. So, I mean, I'll, I'll take the defensive output, but the, I don't know. We, we have to play better against those kind of teams. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I shouldn't, I should take that back a little bit. I, I, I agree that the defense has been good. Defense has kept us in this game and kept us in those games. I just, you know, I believe that if that quarterback doesn't get hurt, it's a different story. And But I don't know that that's the defense's fault, though. We should score more than we did. That's true. That's true. You know? Yeah. Um, I think they said that. I think it was uh, Chubb. If you if anybody watched the Wolfpack 1 series, Chubb was on the sidelines saying, they're not getting it done. we got to get it done. You know, it's on us. And he was talking about the offense. Yeah. And it's true. Uh, it's no reason you shouldn't be able to score on BC. You know, you put up 31 on Clemson. And you can't score on BC. It's, I don't know. It's a little disturbing. I don't know if it was a focus or, or whatever it was, but really not happy with 
with how they played. And it's got to get better. Uh, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I think Drink called an awful game, and that's got to get better too. I think Doran's got to step in and say, hey, fix this, right? That's You're better than that. We're better than that. You know, Don't put our guys in that position. Get the ball to the guy that matters. Get it to Harmon. Get it to Hines. Get it to Samuels. I, I do understand some of the the calls um, just because it, it didn't look to be a normal offense. Like Finley was missing some throws that he normally makes. Receivers were dropping catches that they normally catch. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand kind of why it's like, oh, well, let's try this. But overall, that shit doesn't work. Right. So, you know, stick to what you know. Stick to what your has been successful for your team all year. Um, I'm not going to defend the guy. I obviously have issues <laughs> with him anyway. So, Well, you know, one of the things I didn't like, and we sort of saw this in the week before, is the defense showing their hands. BC blitzed pretty much every play, it seemed like. And... I don't think we did enough to counter that to keep them honest. You know, we didn't run many screen passes. The one we did got intercepted because it was a bad pass by Finley. You know, I just thought there was that you can see what the defense is going to do, and you probably know what Adazio's defenses are going to do. And I just don't think we we game plan for it very well. It's no, I agree. It's hindsight, and it could be just that they the guys had an off game. But hey, it was frustrating, man. I know uh, people on the Twitter world were just as frustrated. So we need better this week. And I'm going to, as a side note, I'm going to hate seeing that running back for four years, man. That kid is, he's good. He's big and fast. And yeah, he's going to get better too. He's so. going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like uh, when we saw Lamar Jackson for the first time. Mm hmm. It's like, oh, man, he's good, but, damn, we have to play him again for a couple years. Yeah. So uh, I don't know that he'll have that effect, but only because he doesn't have the team around him to do it. Uh, But, yeah, he's going to – I don't doubt he'll get 100 yards three more years against State. So, And that's nothing against our defense. He's he's probably an NFL back. So It was pretty interesting seeing that they completely pulled him out when they were passing. Like he was not in there at one passing down, so either he can't block or he can't catch, and it may be both which is kind of strange, but he'll get better at that for sure. Yeah. And he is, uh, he's legit. He's a real deal. Yeah. Well, that's all I got. I know you had something else you want to talk about. What you got? Yeah. I listened to XM for the game cause I was in Tennessee and they always use the home teams broadcast. So BC radio went on like a five minute rant about how awful state fans are. And, uh, talked about them being delusional and thinking they should be winning championships or on the same level as a Clemson or Florida state. And they even mentioned Louisville, which I laughed at, um, said that we have unrealistic expectations. We're not fair to Doran. Who's done a good job and that they, they appreciate their fans at BC because they understand what they are and they're okay with it. There's a lot of things wrong with all that one. BC doesn't have fans. Um, they play in front of an empty stadium. Two, BC is not on the same level as at NC State. They're a private Catholic school with a small enrollment. I was, I laughed. I it was, it pissed me off. But I, I kind of understand what they're saying because I do think we have really high expectations. 
But to hear someone like BC making fun of us for it just really pissed me off. I mean, that that's no perspective, right? I mean, that's just, all right, we've settled for being BC. We're not going to be good at anything ever. Like, okay, we'll play hockey maybe. I mean, it's embarrassing that they would bring that up. I mean, there was like six fans in the stands, and it was senior day. You know, I was like, just move along. It's something better to talk about. And I guess, you know, it, it does kind of bring in part the national perception of us. Right. Yeah. Um, which is fine. You know, I really don't care what they think about our fans. I think every school has their asshole fan base. Uh, you know, we've talked about it before. But their national perception of the program, you know, unfortunately, it's just, we haven't won anything in a long time. So maybe that's it's justified. But you just make yourself sound like an idiot when you start talking like that. Like, oh, fans should be happy being four and four or whatever they are. You know, I, whatever. It's BC. Who cares? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I. I'd rather have our fans than no fans like they have. So, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, they could care less what happens with Boston College sports on any given day. So I'm fine with them being judgmental of us. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah, I'd much rather have a passionate fan base that cares than one that doesn't care. Yeah, that's. Whew. Uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. That was just kind of kind of pissed me off. Yeah, I just I don't know why the radio guys would talk about that. It seems weird. I mean, and it's not we we hadn't played you know two highly competitive games, and we just took Clemson down to the wire, and you know we've lost one game in the ACC. Like, what do they What do they want from us? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. Also, I looked yeah. back, and they kept referring to their defense as the maroon mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every. Tackle. Oh, the maroon mayhem with a nice tackle in the back. Yeah, it was awful. Oh my God. So, anyway, what about Wake Forest? All right, on to Wake Forest. Uh, people are going to think I have a love affair with Dave Clawson, but man, the guy can coach. And Wake Forest is a much better team than I think any of us anticipated. They opened as actually a three and a half point favorite on most of the books, and it's coming down to about a point, pick them, depending on where you go. But, I mean, it's basically a toss-up. I think they're they're pretty good. I think they're really well coached. It's going to hurt that they lost uh, Dorch, their freshman wide receiver, who was just absolutely killing it. But it's just don't look past the Deacons. No, and, um, you know, when you, when you look at point spreads, you got to remember there's generally like a three-point gift mm-hmm. given to a home team. So if it opens at three and a half, they're basically saying it's a toss up to start with. Right. Money's moved towards state, so you know, we're one and a half, but I would still consider that as kind of a favorite. Right. Um, but it, it looks like a twenty one twenty game in the eyes of them. So uh I I don't know a lot about Wake Forest, except that they are playing well. They're playing better than, I mean, we knew that he would get them there eventually, but I think it happened a little quicker than anyone expected. And I don't think they're going to just wow anybody, but they're going to play a generally tough game anytime you get them. So, um, it's the same thing as last week though. We we weren't, we said you would could just listen to the BC preview and that was what we would say. And that's pretty 
pretty solid and set. So, yeah, I agree. It's one of those games that we should win. I think we're a more talented team. I think we're probably the better team. I think they might be better coached. I think they've played more consistently. If that makes more sense, you know, I think all year they've they've been pretty steady. steady. You know, so I don't. I think we know what we'll expect we can get from them. You know, it's a matter of, uh, you know, how well prepared we are and how the team comes out to play. I know Dorn has emphasized this team, the team that they're playing for the, you know, the mythical state championship, which is fine. You know, give them something to play for. But you're also playing for, you know, potential Orange Bowl bid. What do you know about that? I just saw uh, Joe Giulio tweeted out, last night that you know if Miami and Clemson both make the playoff which is I mean that's going to be difficult because they're going to end up playing each other um and state wins out then they should or could be headed to the Orange Bowl Mm -hmm. um so there's still a lot to play for even against the wake in Carolina um I mean we're kind of in a race with VT for best possible bowl game here yeah so uh Nobody really saw Miami coming out like they did. So the Coastal's generally overlooked, but we have to, they're going to take a, a bigger bowl game now. So uh, it's who's the second, which second best team is going to get the bowl game, and we have to kind of do our part to make sure it's us. I guess what's the one after that? Would it be the Orange Bowl and then the, what is it, Peach or Chick fil A bowl? It's uh, Citrus, I think we're... Oh. Or no, not Citrus. I'm I'm wrong conference. Um, I don't know what would come after that. The yeah. Camping World's in there. Um, the Orange Bowl would be huge, though. So yeah. uh, we need to make sure that if we're not in it, it's because Miami or Clemson missed the playoff, not because we didn't win out. So Right. And I think, you know, going back to the Wake Forest game, I think we're the better team and we should win. I just want us to... To play like we can play. And I'll give Doran credit. He's kind of broken that streak of going to Winston-Salem and playing like shit. Because the last time we went down there, we beat the crap out of them. And they weren't. Still scared of Winston-Salem, though. (laughs) It's still the black hole for us. You know, it's still not good. Um, But it makes me feel a little better, you know. And it's weird. The funny thing is, I feel better for us having played really bad at BC. It... Logically, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I think going into a game and coming after, we're like, all right, we got to play better than this because we can't do like this in Winston-Salem and play well and win. I mean, play bad and win. So they will play well. And then Wake Forest, on the other hand, just played Syracuse. And <laughs> what a game that was. Uh, Wake Forest scored 64 points, and they were down mm. 20 at halftime or something like that. They went on a 40-5 to run in the second half. And ended up beating Wake for uh, beating Syracuse 64 40 something. I mean, that's so they played really well, you know, they they were hitting on all cylinders. And so it's kind of one of those things where all right, Wake's playing well, Pack didn't play well, you know, it should line up for the bad, but for me, and this maybe the perverse nature of being a state fan is like, I think that's better for us. I think it's better that they played well, and we played bad, you know, maybe they're more arrogant or something about it, but. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And, and the BC was a tough situation, you know, coming off two losses. We had to be getting kind of a big head before those. Yeah. 
Um, losses bring us back down to earth and you might think it sounds weird, but you can forget how to win a game in two weeks. <laughs> so, you know, having to fight for that, yeah. I think is a good thing. Um, I, I feel, I feel better going into it with a close win as opposed to going up to BC and winning by three scores. Yeah. So I don't want us thinking we're better than everybody else just by talent. No, no. That's just, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, question from uh, Twitter World Baxter asks, What seems more likely? We beat Wake Forest in football or basketball this year? <laughs> I guess he's referencing that Wake Forest just lost to Liberty last night. But yeah, I think we can beat them in both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully, anyway. If not, then. I I would be more accepting of it in basketball than football. So right. uh, we we don't we're not going to have a whole lot to play for in basketball this year. I don't believe, but football still matters. So. Yeah, um, you mentioned Miami, and I, I just make a note of it. I was bashing Miami all year because they hadn't really played anybody. They didn't look good against Carolina. Man, they look good against Notre Dame. They they came out and just. Whipped them. They whipped them up front. Notre Dame couldn't do anything. I was, I was really impressed, you know. So, we'll see. Yeah, I think they might actually be for real. So, <laughs> if not, they still, they're fooling me now. They so. still have the freshman quarterback. I think that's an issue. But they are a lot. They are better than I was imagining or better than I was anticipating. I'll, I'll give them credit. They look good. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll, we'll come back with some more. There's a lot more to talk about. Picture this. Your buddy's a Falcons fan. You're a Panthers fan. You go to trashtalktext.com and once a day for two weeks at a random time, he gets a text reminding him the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. That's quality entertainment. Check out trashtalktext.com and send your friends anonymous trash talk about their favorite team. As always, if you're interested in learning more about sponsoring the podcast or our sponsors themselves, check out redandwhitepodcast.com slash sponsors. All right, folks, we're back. Thanks for listening. And we got some moving on from football. I got some other stuff to talk about. NC State basketball started with a flurry of games in the last few days. And there's been some good news. Uh, Braxton Beverly gets approved by the NCAA play with new information. How do you feel about that one? Yeah. Uh, well, the NCAA is a bunch of pussies. Um, <laughs> all you have to do to beat them is get a lawyer. And that's fine. That worked out well for this at this this time. But, uh, I mean, it, I'm, I, 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 it's not that I'm not happy about it. I am. It's just it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, they stick to their guns sometimes. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they care about public perception. Sometimes they don't. Um, but we came out with a win out of it this time, so I can't complain, right? Yeah, they're 3-0. They won the games they should. They won them pretty big. And gasp, they're playing a little bit of defense. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I, I don't know what that what's happening <laughs> during that Um that game against Bryant, they forced 27 turnovers, yeah. third most in PNC history, and this one was the one most forced by a state team at PNC since 2002. That was 15 years ago. Holy cow. 
So that's the best defense that's been played in that building in 15 years. <laughs> Let that sink in. I mean, there was a bunch of bullshit to deal with it. We had Gottfried. We had the Sidney Lowe show. <laughs> um, so this is these are there are kids thinking about applying to state now that weren't alive when we played defense. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, so this is kind of cool. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it actually gets called uh, officiating wise once conference play starts. I'm really interested in that. But uh, for right right now, it's a trip, man. It is. Uh, you know, it's one of those things that it's kind of refreshing to see. And I, I recall the first game when Pack was up 20, and I, I don't remember what happened. There was a bad play or a bad series of plays, and Kevin Keats was not happy about it. You know, typically we're up 20, and the coaches kind of get lackadaisical, but he was pushing them hard. And I like that. I like to see that. I think they scored 102 points first game. They scored in the 90s, the other two. Is is there a 100-point promotion for us like there is Carolina? I don't think so. I think they were kind of uh, – the promotion they were talking about on the on TV was in this – Bojangles. Deal, it was right? Bojangles, but if the other team missed two free throws in a row, then everybody got biscuits. And so, also our fans were pulling for us to foul them just to get them to shoot free throws. I mean, it may- wait, what? I thought it was a hundred point deal. I don't think I don't think we have. I don't know if we have one of those. I think that's the Carolina thing. I didn't know we had any at all. That's what I was thinking. We need. We're gonna have to get a point deal. Apparently, <laughs> we need a biscuit. We need a biscuit. Snoopy's is gonna have to sling fifty cent hot dogs or something because <laughs> um, somebody calls. We might score a hundred. <laughs> yeah, and. I thought it was actually a good promotion because the fans were actually in at the end of the game. It was kind of a good atmosphere. You know, you're up 40 points and they're they're still cheering for guys to miss free throws. I mean, that, that was pretty good. <laughs> I, I like that. So whoever, whoever thought of that good idea, let's keep it going. I think they should do that all the time. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm happy to see it. I, I'm, my perspective on the basketball team is that we're missing some of those pieces. You know, we're missing – and I guess maybe I'm comparing everybody to Dennis Smith Jr. You're missing that dynamic athlete. But they got a bunch of guys that can play basketball. You know, they got a bunch of guys that are going to hustle and play hard. It'll be fun to see. I don't think they'll be as bad as people expect them to be. I don't think anything great's coming from this team. But I, it's showing a lot of upward momentum, a lot of positivity. I think everybody's really happy with what we've seen so far. Yeah. That'll change when we play Arizona, but uh, for now, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, speak. Oh, speaking, let me interject. Speaking of the Millers in Arizona, that's where <laughs> I was going with it. <laughs> Archie Miller, you know, while it packs up forty against, I don't remember who we even played, Charleston Southern or one of those teams. Uh, Archie Miller lost his opening game by twenty plus points to Indiana State. So yeah, while we're not good enough for Archie Miller. Indiana is out there losing to Indiana State. The fight, dude. They were getting, they were, there were boos raining down, <laughs> like that entire second half. I hated that. Yeah, really the fighting did. Larry Birds took it to Arch Miller. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. Uh, God only knows what they would have done to us, you know. So. Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of pieces of the program, uh, recruiting. How do you think Kevin Keats is doing so far? Man, I you know he was putting together a, a you know top class before we'd even played, <laughs> which was just baffling to me. Yeah. You know, um, 
but picked up a pretty big piece last night to make it even better. Uh, what's that kid's name? The Juco. Yeah. yeah, Juco guy. And it's nice to see that, you know, it's not just going to be, you know, 17, 18 year old kids coming in, but guys that can play next year out of Juco that have some experience at the college level, mm-hmm. that's really going to be a healthy, you know, boost. Uh, I, that's what I was trying to figure out earlier. Like looking at the class, looking at, what could be there? I mean, it's not unrealistic to think maybe a you know twenty fifth or twenty fourth ranked team next year. It's which which is possible, and that's crazy. Next year's gonna be crazy, man, because we're gonna have so much turnover from this roster. I think they said there's potentially eight new players next year between the recruits and guys leaving. You know, Abu's gone, Freeman's gone, both Freemans will be gone. Yurt, they're expecting to go pro probably over in Europe, you know, there's just going to be a lot of turnover, which is going to be wild to see. It's going to be a completely different team. I think you'll see the same style, but yeah, man, I, I, it's going to be the same style, but with players that are more suited to yeah. it, I think. Um, so they, they could be a pretty decent squad next year. I, t- I tweeted this out earlier in the week is that I think this team is really going to miss Terry Henderson. Now we haven't seen Braxton Beverly, Really, I mean, we saw him last night, but it was his first game. But we didn't really see his, his shooting ability, his scoring ability. But I think what this team is missing is that, that dynamic shooter. Well, I know they got Sam Hunt, and, he sh- and he's, he's been shooting pretty well. But I think Terry Henderson has a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit better game. I mean, he's a bigger player. He's... Uh, just one of those. I think we're going to miss that kind of player. That's that guy can score like that, and he can score a little bit on the inside, a little bit on the outside. You know, Sam Hunt's a little smaller. He's going to end up shooting, but I don't know. Happy to see it, man. Playing defense, scoring a lot of points. Good for him. Let's keep, let's keep it going down in the Bahamas. Yeah. I think Bahamas is next, right? I'm not sure where they play. Yeah. There's a battle for Atlantis. I guess that is. Yeah. Yeah, is that it's it? still football season. We're playing all his own. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's hard to get anything much out of these these first yeah. couple of games. That Arizona game will really put things into perspective, yep. and uh, I hate to say it, but bring people back down to earth mm-hmm. a little bit, which needs to be done. Don't expect this yeah. team to win, you know, twenty five games. That's not fair <laughs> to the coach or the players. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what what happens against Arizona. Nothing to. Worry about really until then. We should be undefeated when we play them. So enjoy the hustle, enjoy the the up tempo, and enjoy the defense. Yeah, it's fun to watch until it starts getting to conference play and there's a foul every five seconds. <laughs> oh yeah, that's but, you know that one of those games is coming. Oh yeah, that, and God help when we play Virginia. Jesus, it's gonna be <laughs> like a four hour game. Like oh oh my gosh. Uh, all right, let's move on to our locks of the week. Dustin, what you got? You know, I used to market my locks of the week as guaranteed to pay your mortgage, but I'm pretty sure that they're now guaranteed to make you go default on your mortgage um, or make you default on your mortgage. They, I don't think, I'm not upset. I don't think anybody saw Carolina beating Pitt. No, no chance. Um, That came out of nowhere. There again, it was a Thursday night game. I didn't even know what was happening. Um, I was watching the NFL game and then pulled my phone out and realized, oh, wait, Carolina's winning. And uh, 
Yeah. Oh well. I, it was the good thing for me was it was Thursday night game, so I hadn't even bet on it because I didn't know. <laughs> um, so my lock of the week did not lose me any money. I forgot to leave that part out that you can't actually bet on it. So, um, trying to look at this week, I, I don't want to get burned by Pitt again, but they're plus fifteen and a half at VT. Uh, I kind of like that. Those games are usually, I mean, they play pretty close game. Uh, and VT's offense, I'm still not sure that they even know who they are. And I think their coach kind of admitted that. Uh, so that's tempting, but I, I'm going to, my lock is Georgia Tech minus six and a half against Duke. Duke is terrible. Um, I like that one. I don't, I'm not sure I have a lot of confidence in Georgia Tech. Like, how many ways can they blow a game this year? Because they blow a right. lot of games. But yeah, Duke's not very good. I mean, Georgia Tech lost to Tennessee, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, who <hoo> boy. <laughs> uh, what you had? You had UConn plus the seven. Yeah, last give week. me 37 in most teams. I think that's crazy. Yeah. I got scared a little bit there because UCF started out pretty, pretty strong, but they ended up winning, uh, like 25 or something like that. Yeah, it's 49 24, so easy cover there. It's, it's really hard to turn down 37 yeah. points. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know why people and as hard as it is to, to turn down getting 37 I don't know how in the world you bet someone minus 37 but people were um, whatever <laughs> yeah this week I'm tempted to go with my usual anybody who's playing ECU but uh, I think I'll I think I'll back off of that one this weekend I'll go where's playing Miami I just can't, I just can't yeah. buy me a lot of credit but man they're due for a let they're due for the letdown like it's it's ripe no, they still might win, but I think playing UVA plus 18, I don't know. It's a noon game. I think that stadium will be empty. There will be no turnover chains anywhere to be found. Right, give me give me the who's plus 18 going to win. That's fair, yeah. Uh, I think you're right. I think there's got to be – there's going to be some kind of a letdown, but I'm not sure that Virginia is a good enough team to make that matter. Uh but 18 still on points. Virginia's so. weird, man. They they lose one of those games, like they lose at home to Pitt, and then they go out to Boise State and they just destroy them. Like, yeah, doesn't make any sense. Uh, I know Bronco's a good coach, so he's gonna get it straight. And if they put together a good game, I think they'll keep it closer in 18. Yeah, they're well coached. There's just a talent mm-hmm. issue at Virginia. So uh, if if he gets a couple classes in, then there's something to worry about. But I, I don't think they got anything for Miami. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And uh, that brings us to America's favorite segment. That's right. Matt Canada and his Bayou Bengals went and uh, put a whipping on Arkansas. So, right. uh, 33 to 10, 217 yards in the air, 198 on the ground. Uh, another solid effort. Just, you know, building the prestige more and more every week. It's. I don't. I also don't know if he ran the Wildcat. I'll just throw that out there, too. <laughs> Arkansas is bad. Right, going back to the Wildcat real quick. We mentioned it earlier. I don't understand why teams run the Wildcat. Like I don't. It's awful. I don't get the point of it. Like, get the ball into your players' hands. An extra blocker. I'm like, I don't know. Especially when you run the Wildcat and you have like Finley lined up on the outside. Like, what is that doing yeah. for anybody? I don't understand. I'd much rather do see the direct snap or something like that if you want to try. Yeah. That kind of thing. But they know what's coming when you run the Wildcat. Right. 
either a run know. or an interception. So <laughs> I'd love to get one of those coaches on Twitter that breaks down schemes and, and get the inside of the Wildcat. I mean, it's definitely a high school-ish thing where you're trying to get the ball into your best player's hand. I just, I, I'm just so surprised that's that pervasive these days. Yeah, I, I don't know. Who was it? it? It started with what? The Dolphins started running yeah, it was that? Something like that, yeah. It was... And then it just caught on like wildfire, much to my dismay. That's right. Um, it was Ronnie Hillman, right? I believe so. I'm pretty sure. It was Hillman and Cadillac it, it, Williams it, when they were at Auburn. Yeah. And, the, yeah. It was just awful. So, uh, really weird. But yeah, Canada's just down there doing good things. So, Canada's going to be head coach this year. I'm, I'm calling it. He's getting a Tell job me. somewhere. Maybe at LSU. <laughs> so <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, speaking of the SEC, I know this is why everybody tuned in this week. We don't, nobody really wants to talk about our game against Wake Forest or the crapper against BC. What's up with Tennessee, man? They're c- man, I got to be in Knoxville <laughs> when the Fire Butch movement came to a successful conclusion. It was beautiful. <laughs> uh, my, I was staying at the Hilton downtown, and you can like see the stadium outside. And during that Missouri game, when they were just getting, I mean, walloped, like 50 to 17 or something like that was the final score. But I looked out, and I'm pretty sure I saw tears rolling down the outside of the stadium where it was crying. <laughs> and, uh, and then get up Sunday morning, and the glorious news hit. And now I'm just, give me more groomers, man. I need my groomers. So uh, everybody's, John Gruden's always the fun name for Tennessee searches, and it's always been ridiculous. But this time it's not quite as clear as the, the media is making it. Like there's a legitimate, you know, half and half chance that JG runs through the T and I can't wait. <laughs> so here's my question for you. And I get the connections to Tennessee and his son's there and his wife was a cheerleader there and all that jazz. My man hasn't coached a football game in 2000, since 2008. And he hasn't coached a college game since the 90s or the 80s. I don't remember when it was, but. Like, is he the answer? He he will be as if he were hired, he would be as good as the staff he put around him. Yeah. Um his name's big enough to attract the players. He'll be able to recruit. I mean, I, I would expect top five classes. Uh he's got the personality to deal with that job. Uh the unrealistic expectations that they have at some time or sometimes, uh it's tough. I I, I kind of look at it like uh, Bobby Bowden at Florida State the last 10 years. Like, he didn't do anything. He was a name. His staff ran the team. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Gruden would have a much more hands-on approach with that. I think he'd be really good working with quarterbacks. Um, unless he hires Peyton Manning as quarterback coach, and then I would just let that go. Uh, but uh, I, I, you can look at it and say that there's definitely coaches out there that – make more sense but if it, this needs to be a big splash hire after the past you know after the Kiffin Dooley and Butch era eras mm-hmm. um, they've got to they're looking at a position where they're about to be permanently left behind if they don't make a big hire and they're going to spend money to make sure that they get that whether it's Gruden or some other guys uh but I would be fine with him. I really would. He, I, 
I don't know that he would be my first choice, but he is going to be my first choice just because of the uproar. It'll, I mean, Twitter will go crazy if that happens. <laughs> like that's worth that's worth the price of admission. Just just seeing the tweets about it. So I think he wins there if he goes. Um, but he's got to put the right staff around right. him. Whether it's getting T Martin to come back, Jim Bob Cooter, Jim Bob Cooter, yeah. So. Uh, I would expect a, a a rock star staff if he gets there, and that would ensure that he wins either way. Right. That's interesting. You know, it's something you mentioned when we were texting earlier. Is that if Florida goes out and hires Chip Kelly, which it's looking like they will, you know, Tennessee's under a little bit of pressure to bring in a, a big name there. So I'd be curious how that. Affects. Yeah, especially if they, if they throw Kelly in at Florida. I mean. Kirby Smart's got Georgia playing well. Like, they're in a, a really bad spot. They have to compete now. They have to do something. There's a t- there's a ton of talent on that roster. Yeah. So if they get a competent coach in, I'm not going to say they're going to win the East next year, but they can compete. And they're really flirting with permanent mediocrity or below if they screw this up again. Mm-hmm. And it's a different AD this time. Um the boosters are willing to pay an ungodly amount of money. So, uh, I mean, there's a chance that if Gruden were hired, he would, he would be the highest paid coach in college football, man. So, um, the money's there. I I think, I don't know. It's tough. That's a shitty situation though. When, when Florida pulled the trigger and I, I think there's a, a good chance that chip Kelly ends up there. Yeah. Uh, so it's a the East could be on the rise definitely. So, which apparently it's like they're copying the ACC because the Coastal seems to be doing that too. But it's funny, Florida fans went all NC State yesterday and they were tracking planes. They were tracking the AD plane to Connecticut to go talk to Chip Kelly. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, like don't ever go full NC State fan, folks. That's uh, that's not good for anybody. Well, Tennessee fans were doing that this morning when. Uh, John Curry, their AD, was flying to Charlotte, and they were trying to figure out if Ch- or, uh, John Gruden was still in Charlotte <laughs> after Monday. So, I love it. Uh, yeah, the the age of technology just makes coaching searches uh, just unreal. It's a soap opera. It really is. I, I really love coaching search season. That's like my favorite part of football. So it's so weird. I yeah. just love watching people <laughs> freak out about one thing or the other, and and I, I just I love it. It's it's great. I thought. Uh, Speaking of well, coaching searches or coaches getting fired, the whole Georgia firing Mark Richt thing I thought was hilarious that Auburn absolutely destroyed Georgia 40-17 to 17, on the same day that the coach they fired wins his biggest game at Miami and destroys Notre Dame and propels them into the top four of the CFP <laughs> while Georgia bottoms out of it. I... I People gave me so much shit for saying that they messed up firing him to hire Smart, and I mean Smart's got him playing well, but it was I mean ultimate Georgia pretty much to to drop that game and then have Rick to win that game later on. I thought it was a trip. It was awesome. Yeah, that's funny. It's kind of one of those things that college football is. It's, I think it's so great. It's such an emotional game. You know, it's Georgia still thinks a better team than Auburn, but they go to Auburn. It's a night game. You know, just all things lining up for Auburn to win that game. 
And Auburn's not awful. But, man, like, anything can happen on any day. Like, Notre Dame's been playing great. They've been running the ball. They go down to Miami. The place is a crazy atmosphere. And then they just can't run the ball at all. You know, it's just, <laughs> just one of those weird things that happens, man. And, like you see, there's going to be some weirdness happening this week. Navy beating something. Navy beating Notre Dame or Miami losing to Virginia or, or something weird is going to happen. It always does. I think that's why I think it's so great. Yeah, it just seems every year I'm like, oh man, there's there's more stuff like that happening. Yeah. And then the next year I say that again. <laughs> so I think it's just a consistent, you never know really what's yeah. going to happen. I mean, Alabama barely right. won. So, uh, yeah, college football is fun. It really is. Especially when your team matters. That that makes it even better. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why we're so enamored with coaching searches because we usually don't have anything to care about during the season. Yeah, I guess that's true. That we look forward to coaching search season because it's the only excitement we're going to get. <laughs> I mean, I love it. It's really I'm, – I'm reading Football Scoop and everybody else on Twitter. <laughs> Man, what's happening next? Who's going where? I mean, it goes so bad or so so deep that it's like I'll see something and then I try and like research the history on what that person has said that ended up being true or yeah. not. Like it's it's a whole game into itself. It's it's fun. <laughs> and I I can't so. even imagine the message boards right now in Gainesville and Knoxville. It'd be oh, it's scary. It's it's sad. It's it really awesome. is. Uh, it's like oh, I, I just saw John Gruden on campus, and, and it's like no, you didn't. You shut up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It really is. It's, so speaking of message boards, I noticed the other day, and this was after the BC game. Uh, I went and perused. The Wolfpacker, and it just shakes my head, man. Anytime, like anytime you call a bad play, anytime State has a bad effort or performance, one name always comes up. Can you take a guess what that name is? What's Steve that? Logan. Every <laughs> single time, there's not there's not a better coach in there if. If you listen to the message boards, I mean, everybody's like, Steve Logan should be our offensive coordinator. Every time. Dude, he broke Kaepernick. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him. I liked him. And then he went to San Francisco and, I mean, as a QB coach, and that was the end of Colin Kaepernick. So I don't know what happened, uh, but that's when he started playing like shit. So um, I, I'm just going with that. I don't, I don't know, know what else man. to say. Like, he. It's his radio show has made him the greatest coach of all time. From if you would have if he never had a radio show, and and I like his radio show, and I like him, I think he's entertaining. He obviously knows his stuff, and he's got some good stories. But man, if he never had a radio show, his name would never come up. But now everybody's like, oh, he's a he's a genius. Like we want him. He's our should be our offensive coordinator. The guy has never said one good thing about state. Maybe one in the last like ten years. I don't. I, I think I it's know. between the radio show. He's got the show on WRAL on Sunday yeah. mornings. Uh, his personality is everything that State would want in a coach, and I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but I, I enjoy listening to him. I enjoy watching the show. Uh, his yeah. breakdowns of plays. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, he he hit the nail on the head against for the Notre Dame game for me, where he talked the next morning on TV about the fourth and one or two or whatever it was. And it's like your best player on the field right then is Ryan Finley and you don't let him try and get yeah. that. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind. I, I like the guy. I would, I would take him as a coach, not as necessarily a head coach, but on the staff. Oh, I'd take him for sure, but um, his name always comes up, man. Yeah. It's just funny. Like every time. 
go back in any post game thread where there's a bad play call. Steve Logan would have called that. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, man. Give me a break. Oh, anyway, all right. Who, who's your top four this week? I'm about to blow people's minds because I want to put Miami at number one. Ooh. Um, I didn't believe in them. They came out and I mean just destroyed Notre Dame. Yeah, they did. When they're in the top four, uh, Alabama barely gets out of Mississippi State oh, with a win. Um, Alabama's not beaten anybody really. Yeah. Um, I, I had said that like, for the same thing for Miami, but the, when they do play somebody and absolutely dismantle them, a team that I thought was going to run the table and get to the playoff, I got to throw them up there. Uh, so I'll throw Miami at one, Bama at two. I'm still torn on Clemson, Oklahoma, three and four. I, I, I guess I'll leave Clemson at three. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm not sold on them. I don't think they win the title this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm more worried. I, I'm pretty excited to see the ACC championship game now. I think I, I was expecting a Clemson blowout and I'm not sure that's going to be the case anymore. So, uh, That'll be a fun game. Clemson has shown some weakness. I think that's that's pretty apparent. It's just a matter of can somebody take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. and I I don't know. I think that that'll be a fun game. So, yeah. um, one more off-topic thing. Speaking of about Mississippi State, when does Mullen leave? Man, he's done all he can yeah. do there. He he really has, and he's taken him to you know number one. He's taken them to BCS games, and he had he had Alabama. Uh, he 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 went Wolfpack and played not to lose, and he lost. You know, yeah, that last gotta, that last drive was terrible. Yeah, you got to go for the gut shot against Alabama, man. He had it, and they just blew it. I I, th- I just I I don't think he can take them higher than he has. Yeah. Like I, he's reached the top. I mean, there's other schools that'll double your recruiting budget, double the attendance in the stadium. I mean, I just don't know how much more he can do there. He says he's happy, but I know that his agent has floated his name for other jobs. Yeah. So uh, I would expect a move from him sooner than later, especially if Chip Kelly turns down Florida. Uh, he'd be a good fit there. He, he'd he be a good fit in Knoxville too. So it's, it's, it, There's not a whole lot of options for him, I don't think. You know, like I don't know where you go from Mississippi State. You can take a lateral movement, maybe, you know, but... I mean, that's not a good job, though. It's not. But, you know, they spent, went and paid, what, four and a half million when I saw? Like, four and a half million in Starkville is like a hundred in Raleigh. It's, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it's it's tough to leave, but if he wants to win a title, he's going to have to. Right. It's true. So, you're never going to win a national championship, let alone an SEC championship, more than likely... In Starkville, Mississippi. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, so. I mean, you had your shot with Dak, and now yeah. you're not getting another Dak. So, I, I anyway, know. I got off topic. What, what, what's your top four? Uh, I'm still giving Bama the Bama bump. I agree with you, though. They haven't beaten anybody. I mean, LSU's going to be their best win, and they're still unproven. I mean, they're not a great team. I, I, I jumped everybody with Miami, too. I think Miami's back-to-back wins against Virginia Tech and then just just dominating another top four team in Notre Dame. You got to give them the respect to move them up. Uh, Clemson, number three, they got some flaws in Oklahoma. You know, I, I like Wisconsin and 
I was expecting them to be a little bit closer against Iowa, but they whipped Iowa, but they really hadn't played anybody yet. So I just I, I can't put them in yet. And Oklahoma beating TCU, I mean, I, that was more impressive to me. Yeah. Um, it's funny you brought up the uh, the quote-unquote Bama bump. Mm-hmm. Is there a Clemson bump now? Um, no, I'm going to say no. I think they're close to it, though. I think... I mean, Wisconsin's ten and zero, right? Clemson is who's Clemson beating? Clemson's beating six top twenty-five teams, though. It's still the most in the yeah. country. But where are those top twenty-five teams now? Well, I mean, they beat Auburn. You know, you want to look at that. But that's early. I, I just, I just feel like, yeah. and I give it to them as well. I think they have, um, they get a couple extra votes because of their name now. I feel like they've taken that that step. Uh, I mean, it's possible, but they beat Auburn, they beat Virginia Tech, and they beat us. I think those right there are, are good enough. That's more impressive than any wins that Wisconsin has. Did Virginia Tech dropped out of the top 25, didn't they? I have no idea. I mean, they should have, but I don't know if they did. Yeah. So but still, I, I, I still I give think, it to them. Maybe there's a little bit of a Clemson bump. It's not like the Bama bump where, you know, Bama, if Bama loses to Auburn, you know, they could still get into the college football playoff because of the Bama bump. Like, I don't think that happens to Clemson. If Clemson loses to Miami, I don't think they're getting in. I don't know. I almost feel like, I don't know. I think losing to Auburn would make it really tough because then you're probably going to have Auburn in the title game out of the West. Assuming Auburn beats Georgia. Let's say if Auburn beats Bama and then beats Georgia, Auburn's in. Auburn beat Georgia. Well, they'll have to put. Oh, you mean in the the title title game. game, right? Yeah. So you put Auburn in, and then do you put. You can't put Georgia in again. They lost twice to to Auburn. You know, does Bama slide in there? I don't know who else you would put in there. Because you'll have the winner of the ACC now. Mm-hmm. So there's one. Um, the winner of the SEC automatic. So if that's Auburn, there's two. Yeah. If Wisconsin runs the table, they have to get in. Yeah. You th- you I don't think. know. It's tricky. It's tricky. So Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Auburn could beat Bama. I don't know if that game's that. Alabama, or if it's at Jordan Hare, Auburn's good enough to win that game, and Bama's not unbeatable. You know, the game is at Auburn, so it'll be interesting. Yeah. All right, my my question of the week for you: Give me your top five, so just five favorite whiskeys. Well, are we doing like? Just bourbon or Tennessee or any whiskey. Any of them. Top shelf or just overall drinkability? <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> I, I, like, isn't you five bottles? What are you drinking? <clears throat> any five bottles I want? Yep. Yeah. Um, I really like Blanton's. Uh, Blanton's is really smooth. I'll put that on there. Um, Buffalo Trace is really good. Uh, Hmm. This one of my my, my all fa- all time go to is George Dickel Twelve. Oh, all right. Which is reasonably priced, but <laughs> the smoothest Tennessee whiskey you can find. I guarantee it. Um. Then oh, that's tough. That's tough. Any of the well. Hmm. Turkey One Hundred One is a personal favorite of mine. Okay. Uh, so that puts me at four. I've got a lot. I have a lot of whiskey. It's tough to break this down. <laughs> um, oh man, 
I'll go off the off the radar and I'll go a, a, away from my norm. And uh, Crown Royal Black is uh, probably my favorite Canadian whiskey, so I'll throw one of those oh, in there too. Oh, that's just a Canada reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, if, if I had to pick another bourbon, oh man, that's tough. Uh, I'll, get, I'll give it to you. There's Noah's Mill. It's a smaller uh, craft bourbon that you can only really find around Kentucky. It's very good. Yeah. I, I've got a bottle and I, I ration it quite well because I can't buy it here. So there, there you go. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Last... What are your top five whiskeys? Oh, God. That's a terrible question <laughs> for me. I'm an Irish whiskey kind of guy anyway. I, I like Jameson's 12. Uh, so I have some Jameson, some Middletons. I'm more of a rum guy, and I'll shout out to Hokey Smash. I was impressed when he he dropped his Havana Club on on Twitter just a couple weeks ago. Havana Club is it's hard to get here because it's Cuban, but man, it's so good. And it's like their version of Aristocrat, which is really weird, but I think it's fantastic. <laughs> it's so good. And then uh, I will say uh, a tip for everyone else: you'll you'll think I'm crazy, but if you are mixing your whiskey. Heaven Hill is like seven bucks a fifth, and mix is great. Hill. Don't yeah, don't try and drink it straight. <laughs> like you have to get this on the bottom shelf and then dust it off when you get it home. But it mixes really well. Do not drink it straight. <laughs> I cannot stress that enough. Uh, Funny right, story: the Tennessee enough. trip took us to. Uh, we stayed in Knoxville and then went to Gatlinburg for a night just because. And I did all the uh, Dollywood. Yeah, did the moonshine tours and uh, whiskey distillery tours. Just got hammered drunk. Um, there's there is a picture of me that I w- I will probably not release to Twitter of me where um, the moonshine place had uh, you could buy a lid for the court jar that has a pourer in it. <laughs> so there's a picture of me in a hot tub drinking moonshine out of the court jar through the pour where it looks like I have a sippy straw of corn liquor. And it's, it was fantastic. That was my night on Sunday. Come on, Felicia. So. Give, it, give it to us, Felicia. I know you're listening. Give it to us. It's trip. It's trip. Got a room with a fireplace and a hot tub for 70 bucks. And then I had a, basically a sippy cup of moonshine. So it was a good night. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. But, that's all I got anyway. I'm done. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll quit rambling. <laughs> That's all I got. Just under an hour here. That's per- good, perfect timing. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. Support our sponsors. It helps us out tremendously. And go pack. Go pack. Go pack.